1: the two-man power trip of wrestling alongside Hannibal TV, I am JP, John Paz, and of course with me is Devin Nicholson, a.k.a. Hannibal, a.k.a. Hannibal TV. Devin, how are you doing today, sir?
0: I'm doing excellent. It's actually above zero today here in Ottawa, Canada, Damn. which is always a good time to, uh, to get out there and run, so I'm going to hit the pavement after this.
1: Nice. I was bitching uh, to my wife today that it was like 30 degrees.
0: Damn zero. Holy oh yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it gets pretty brutal here. But at least I don't have COVID. Like we read today, we were just discussing that uh, Drew McIntyre, who's who's very popular on my channel, um, apparently has COVID along with Les Thatcher. So I know Les Thatcher's getting up there in age. Very sorry to hear about that. I'm sure. WWE will get uh, Drew on, on whatever treatment they've been giving everyone else because I heard the Observer say there's something like 150 WWE personnel overall since the beginning of this that have had it.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of like a little getting a little worried here with all those WB things. Like, do you got Rick Flair showing up to the show. He's 71. It might be a little bit dangerous to have Flair around and all these other legends around. And and if McIntyre had it, who had some contact with Flair? That's definitely not good. I know McIntyre said he had no symptoms either, so that's kind of like scary. So he had it, was tested, but didn't even know he had it. So who knows where he went, who he touched, or who he was around, and who knows if he got anybody sick or not which hopefully he he didn't but you know the, the risk is definitely out there for sure
0: yeah flair also has the previous conditions i remember a few years ago didn't he almost die in the hospital yep yeah he was really bad <laughs> someone's missing my dog she's downstairs sorry she appeared uh, yesterday i believe in the podcast i did with andrew anderson
1: oh nice nice my cat always she literally is down here somewhere she's trying to pop up she always tries to pop up and, and get involved and sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad uh i remember once i was talking to stevie richard but he loves cats so he loved it that the cat was sitting here other people probably like, what, what is this schmo doing getting letting his cat get involved in, in the in his podcast and you know in his youtube shows
0: yeah stevie richards uh, i've been doing the ddp yoga since i interviewed him. Oh, I'm nice! Surprised to notice that Stevie Richard, uh, he does some of the classes on there, and he's actually good for taking a break from DDP because after three or four days in a row of listening to DDP, you kind of want to go for someone else. So I, I've never been a huge fan of him, but I do like his uh, his his yoga class.
1: So oh, you were never a big fan. I was always a huge fan. Of DDP I mean back in the day oh, heard... Stevie Richards Oh Stevie Oh okay I was going to say DDP I was just You got to be a fan of DDP yeah. Stevie yeah Stevie is de- I don't know For some reason I always liked him Because he was always like The I don't know Not not the joke But he would never Really take himself Too seriously Or he would never You know The dance and Stevie Or be Raven's disciple I always kind of liked that Because I was like Alright this guy's funny He like doesn't take himself Too seriously The BWO You know he's doing The, the big Stevie cool thing I always kind of liked him But definitely one of those Underrated guys Where he stuck around forever. He was a good wrestler, but he just he kind of stuck around, was able to really kind of go WCW, ECW, WWF, back to WWE. He kind of hung around for a long time.
0: DDP, I'm one of the rare ones, and I was like this with Triple H too, who returned tonight. I liked DDP before everyone else liked him when he was that heel character. Yeah. WCW and Triple H, strangely enough, I was the biggest fan of him when he was Jean-Paul Levesque in WCW because for whatever reason uh maybe I saw talent in him early but that was the peak of my Triple H fandom and it slowly went down from there as
1: <laughs> Yeah I was going to say yeah <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, now I don't mind him as much just because I think he's better than most of the current guys. I don't know if I'm crazy on that or not, but I feel like back in the day, he doesn't match up to Austin or The Rock at all or Undertaker, those guys. But nowadays, you know, you got, I don't know, the Seth Rollins of the world, I'm not really that high on, and some of these other guys. So it's like Triple H kind of jumps the line and jumps the ladder just because. I don't know, he's better than the current guy. He like knows how to tell a story. He could actually work a little bit. He's not doing flip-flop fly crap. So I don't know, I kind of like him um, better than a lot of the current wrestlers. The one
0: thing that I really didn't like about Triple H from recent years is, of course, I wrestled Jinder Mahal many times on the Stampede Circuit, and he wrestled yep. for Great North Wrestling. And uh, they were giving Mahal this huge push, and he was getting over the ratings when he was champion are way better than they, they are now. But they had that big India show and Triple H beats Mahal on the India show. And I don't know, that just really angered me about Triple H because, yes, you shook his hand after, but you couldn't give him the
1: win there. I know. make That made no sense whatsoever. Like, you really killed a country like you like you could have been there a lot more often but he completely killed it by beating him I was just like why do you need to win it's like him beating Sting I hated it at Wrestlemania it was one of those things like did, did he really need that him beating Undertaker in their last ever match did he really need that I don't know I feel like he always kind of should be on the losing end of a lot of matches that he ends up winning and that, that, I mean that's it that's his mo really you know the burials and the beating guys he shouldn't beat I agree and the reason we're doing this stream, by
0: the way, for the fans that want to know why it's two man power trip on the Hannibal TV is because John is the producer for Rick Bassman's talking tough podcast. And we had a streaming issue last week for the DDP and boss routine live interview, uh, which we did end up getting, it just wasn't live on the Hannibal TV. So coming up tomorrow, they're doing a talking tough with Chavo Guerrero and Guy Mesger from the UFC. So we want to test this out to make sure it streams on all platforms before we bring the Chavo Guerreros of the world on. And it seems to be working. I we're getting the comments yeah. on the Hannibal TV.
1: Gotta mention from the virtual basement. Hi, John. Small world, we just emailed each other about King Kong Bundy, LOL. Yes, we were just talking about uh, King Kong Bundy about a week ago. So I got I got to get back to you on that uh, email for sure about getting in touch with uh, King Kong Bundy's son and his uh, daughter-in-law. Because I think that he they would love for him to be in this game. I don't know if, I don't know if you've seen this virtual basement um, game or not. But they yeah. would, would want, I think, King Kong Bundy in it for sure. But obviously, just get the go-ahead from them. But I'll make sure to get you guys in contact with each other.
0: They actually asked me to be in that game as well. I just haven't gotten around to taking the pictures for them. Oh, so, okay, cool. Awesome. I don't think it's coming out for a while, so I'm pretty sure I still have time. Can you check if this if you also clicked for this to stream on, on the, the Hannibal TV Facebook page? And if not, just add it just so I can see if it works.
1: For some reason, it says StreamYard has lost access to this Facebook account about yours, about Hannibal TV. So that might be one of those things where, I don't know if you remember this, but Facebook cuts it off after a certain period of time now. I don't know why. Wow. It's like four hours or something, and boom, they'll cut it off just like that. Uh, we literally just learned about that the hard way, and that's why it wasn't streaming on Boss Ruten's. His guy sent it to us, I think it was eight hours in advance. We thought like, oh, we're smart or something, or oh, we're cool, oh, we're getting it in advance that didn't work. So DDP ended up sending us one hour in advance and it worked And the whole stream was perfect. And that's why we had a nice little jump from the DDP page, but that's why it didn't go through with boss Rudin bliss strong. Hey bros. Uh-oh, I got a question here, Hannibal. You're not going to like this answer by the way. So <laughs> close, close your ears. Two man power trip. Who is your next WWF guest this month? Ab- Abdul the butcher. I know you're not going to like that one, but we did get oh, Abdullah on.
0: Oh, I actually don't mind that because, uh, all of his assets are, are frozen right now along with his wife and he's in a lot of, a lot of trouble. He's going to have a miserable end of his life. So it, it's actually funny. Um, he and his ex-wife don't actually get along at all. Um, she lives in the big house that they own together. Mm-hmm. and He lives in the smaller one and he lives with another woman.
1: Yeah. She said it's, it's, um, she's his nurse. That's what she told me, but I don't know if it's his girlfriend or his nurse. He's 80, I think 80 years old. He just turned today.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's so a, could be nurse. a um, what was his, What was his nurse's name? I'll be able to tell you.
1: I don't I, remember. I don't remember offhand.
0: Yeah. He basically, uh, there's a whole bunch uh, of, of people involved in a second lawsuit right now related to fraudulent transfers of properties He made in relation to getting out of paying me the judgment because there was that two year delay between winning in Canada and getting it endorsed in the US. So in that time, which is actually illegal to do, he transferred assets to people, including this new woman that uh, that he's living with now so she's also uh, in a lot of trouble his whole, oh, wow. his whole crew is so uh just a total scumbag to not be be man enough to to like pay the judgment against him or even attempt to make any payments whatsoever but that's the, that's the way he is i shouldn't have expected yeah. him to be not shady but the shocking thing about that whole case is one thing i learned is it's actually very difficult to make people pay judgments it's not really you actually have to pay more to keep things going so it's not to the benefit uh, of victims so so yeah people always say oh sue this person for for saying this thing about you sue that person is like lawsuits cost a hell of a lot of money and chances of collection are slim so I don't know how many of these people Joey Ryan, for instance, is attempting to sue, but he's going to spend a fortune. He's going to have a very difficult time proving any losses in his case, and he'll be lucky to collect anything because I don't think he's suing anyone that really has any money.
1: Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I saw some of them were doing GoFundMe accounts, like to just try to get uh, a lawyer, basically to fight it. Yeah. So it seemed like he was going against the wrong uh, people, for sure. Yeah, and if you don't have
0: money, uh, it's very difficult to to make people pay. And like he would still have to win and prove damages, which is I think we discussed last time. There's hardly any wrestling running right now. Basically, Florida and Texas. Yep. Uh, if so, you can't say you've had this lost income when everything's shut down. So it's very difficult to prove you're not getting booked in Texas for this reason when really how often was he booked in Texas? Probably just here and there before like yep. everybody else. True.
1: Mike D, Stevie Richards, Stephen Richards, Hall of Fame, right to censor. Good buddy, Philip Wood. Hi, John and Devin Hannibal Nicholson. You are both legends. Thank you. All right. Nice. Let's see what Tony's got to say. Top interviewers today, I I wouldn't put anyone
0: else in our category um, other than, of course, people that are signed to the big companies like Jim Ross. But there's a lot of people signed to the big companies that I wouldn't put in my category
1: either. I, I agree. Uh, I remember DDP back in the days of AWA from Tony Del Monte. Let's see what James has to say. Yo, boys. Nice. Uh, I believe I answered this one already from... Yes, it was about uh, who we got going on. Next. One of our common
0: guests, Evan Marriott from Joe Millionaire, messaged me that he'd seen your interview with Arn Anderson because I guess he's a big Arn Anderson fan. Yes. And he said, uh, Hannibal, when are you going to do one? So I don't know if he would do one with me, but uh, yours was very well received. And people can check that out on, on The Hannibal TV they did a, a live auction with Aaron Anderson and John very did a very good job of sneaking questions in during that auction. So
1: I suggest yes. put that up. Yep. Awesome time with him. Arne is great. I don't know if he does many other interviews and stuff, but uh, if he does, I mean, he definitely should do one with you. I think it would be awesome for your uh, channel. Mike D we need another bill after bill after part two. I know you just had bill after on how was he?
0: He was good, and I agree. We He was actually bombarded with questions. I maybe only asked about 5% of the fan questions. He received more fan questions than some of the larger actual wrestler name guests have, so I was impressed by that. Bill is a really nice guy. Uh, he agreed with me that there's not enough kayfabe in today's product. He thinks that that kind of hurts the product a little bit. That they that they kind of let the cat out of the bag. As much as I like that um, Brody Lee tribute, they really had no kayfabe on that, and I don't know if that's going to hurt them in the long run or not. But uh, one thing's for sure, AEW uh, did a good job of uh, honoring Brody Lee um, with all they did for that.
1: Yes, definitely. Mike D, again, just want to throw this out there. Please get Virgil on. He would be good for the viewers. Are you going to get Virgil on? From what I've... You
0: might know Virgil better than me. From what I've been told from, I think you know, Nicholas Massey from Captain's Corner, Mm -hmm. he said Virgil does not own a cell phone, and the only way to get... Or he doesn't own a computer either, apparently, and the only way to get an interview with him would be during a time where he's doing one of these virtual signings or with someone where he could use their online uh, streaming device because for whatever reason, I know he made decent money in wrestling. It came out that he was making like I think 150 grand a year in WCW. I know Bischoff addressed it, so I don't know where his money went or if he's just too cheap to get a phone, but
1: I'll work on Virgil if the opportunity arises. Yeah, that is weird. I and I've worked with him before, and he did not have a cell phone, and he was using one of those prepaid flip phones, I guess, in case somebody needed to like get in touch with him and stuff. This was a couple years ago, so it's really strange. But uh, Joe Dombrowski did an interview at his house and showed his you know apartment or house, whatever it is, and he's not like living badly. I mean, he seems like he's doing okay. So maybe he just doesn't want the technology, or he's hiding out from somebody. I, I don't know. It's weird that he won't kind of update himself, but. It seems like he's doing okay, and he was actually getting a lot of real wrestling bookies. You know, for a while, he was showing up, you know, the Lonely Virgil thing, and he was showing up just basically setting up shop and selling autographs. Well, for a couple of years, he's actually been being booked like quite solidly. So it's one of those things where he definitely could get a phone, and I know he doesn't. It was because it was really weird because we've interviewed him before, it was really weird. We had to like keep calling this prepaid phone. Very strange indeed, and he's
0: one of the guys that apparently I know Lanny did this in Memphis too. But I guess, I guess he actually got fired from Memphis, according to numerous people, for for doing that auto fellatio thing in the dressing room. There, Jerry Jarrett mm-hmm. didn't approve of that little uh, party trick, which I I still couldn't <laughs> imagine that in all the dressing rooms <laughs> I've been in, everybody gather around, look what Virgil can do. Virgil, yeah. get yourself. Get yourself hard and let's all watch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Jack Bush, how awesome was Mike Awesome? Have you ever wrestled him? Back no, in day? I never
0: wrestled him. I never oh, okay. met him. I don't know when he passed. I know Billy Jack Haynes had a complicated conspiracy theory related to Mike Awesome's passing. He believed that it had to do with... Uh, He believed he was killed but i won't get into the details on why he believed he thinks he was killed but he had some good matches definitely
1: his feud with masato tanaka and ecw is awesome if anybody can get a hold of like those matches or watch them back that feud is awesome they really rarely had a bad match and all matches i would say were excellent tanaka underrated as hell mike awesome was pretty damn good in his prime
0: seeing that hammerstein ballroom crowd how hot they were yep this reminds me it was like that for one night stand too, but just reminds me of I don't see crowds that hot anymore or that crammed in uh, where you, you always know that the arena's is uh, half empty or more than half empty these days because you don't get those big crowd shots like you'd see in the 90s with every fan with with signs and just going nuts for everything.
1: From Ibsen Arroyo, how's Billy Graham's health as of today, do you know? Uh, well, let me check. I
0: know he posted something yesterday. I talked to him last week where it looked like he was going to have to get his toe amputated. Um, oh, man. Yeah, no, he's gonna, he has to get his toe amputated due to uh, diabetes. He has a GoFundMe going. He did make a post today, but uh, yesterday, yeah, he says he just got home from the hospital and he's going to give a brief update. He says acute osteomyelitis on my leg, my left big toe. There's an infection of the bone. In most cases, a type of staph bacteria known as osteolitis, certain chronic conditions like diabetes, increase your risk of this, which he has. His hospital time was well spent. He was in there on a 24-hour IV antibiotic. He's at home now soaking his foot in warm water. Uh, can, he posted some photos for anyone who wants to go on his Facebook. And I guess he's gonna be having surgery to uh, to get that toe removed before the infection spread. And he says, anything is GoFundMe would help even as little as $5, so. okay. He's he just has one issue after another. He's one of the toughest people I've I've ever known, just for all of the medical issues he's had. He actually overcame Hep C. He's actually defeated it now. I understand X Pac has recently too, but he's had heart problems, diabetes, skin cancer. He recently I don't know if you saw the pictures, but had a yeah. chin, nose yep. removed. Uh, but he does not give up. And when I talked to him recently, he said, I'm just used to it by now. He said, I just, just, it's just another day at the office for me <laughs> where yep. some people would have given up, but he doesn't have that in, in his, uh, in his mind. He just keeps pushing forward and his wife takes good care of him, keeping an eye on these medical conditions for him as well, Valerie.
1: So yep. there's your updates, sir. As far as superstar Billy Graham, I love Bob Backlund, but I felt like he should have turned face after he beat Bruno, and he would have been the face of the company, you know, leading into like the Hulk Hogan era. But obviously, that did not happen, and Backlund was was the champ. Here's another one for Mister Royo.
0: And agrees with you, by the way. Just to just to plug your Taskmaster Talks shirt, he believe it still bothers Kevin. Why didn't they have Ivan Koloff turn on Superstar? The fans wanted it. Billy was ready, but McMahon, for whatever reason, didn't. And Kevin has gone back and looked at those Backland cards, and you can see they're stacked if you yep. look at the undercard, where Billy Graham didn't need that heavily stacked undercard. Yeah, he
1: just needed him in the main event. But
0: there's no doubt Backland was over. But as as I've, you can watch those in-ring Madison Square Garden promos, with Billy Graham, and you can feel the electricity in the air. You can see fans cheering him, booing him. Stuff is being thrown all over the place of the audience. It's amazing to see, and I don't know if we'll ever have that again unless Donald Trump starts wrestling, because I think (laughs) he could be the greatest heel all
1: the time if if he gets in the ring. I totally agree, Mister Arroyo. One more time, any chance either of you interview Eric Rowan? I'm definitely going to try. I'll tell you that much. I'm going to reach out to him for sure.
0: I believe that uh, at one point last year, UWN was going to hook us up, but he said he wanted to get his new character Eric Redbeard, Re- Eric Redbeard rather, over before he did interviews. But since then, he's gone to AEW. I believe they signed him now. So. Who knows? John is probably more likely to get him than me because I know he has a better relationship with uh, AEW
1: than I do. This is going to be a a comedic one from Liam Savage. John Paz, the Kermit the Frog of wrestling podcasters. I just got to put that up. I love when, I don't know, I have a sick sense of humor. I love when people make fun of me. But But uh, the thing is, I thought Disco Inferno was the Kermit
0: the Frog of wrestling podcasters. I
1: thought, I would say, you can't take that away from Disco. Actually, it's an inside joke with me and a buddy of mine. He always calls me Kermit. I always call him Michigan J-Frog. But uh, that's just uh, neither here nor there. But uh, My dog's
0: knocking at my door.
1: Nice. The Ragu Overlord, the Sting Triple H match. R. Yes, I agree. It's Sting Triple H WrestleMania. Not good. The finish was terrible. Oh, there she is. Nice. Yeah,
0: there you go, Mike, if you're still on there. She came nice. to the door to say hello.
1: I just missed something from Dale Young. Let's see. I, where was I here? Where is Dale? Dale said something here. Damn it, did I miss it? Nope, there's Dale. Dale Young. Hey guys, what's up?
0: I just interviewed Dale Wolf. That was a very well received uh interview nice. where he talked about he was the guy in charge of taking care of Zeus behind the scenes. And oh I didn't know Zeus that. belongs in the WWE Hall of Fame more than any other celebrity that hasn't been inducted
1: already, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't go in. I mean, he's such a you know a big name and did so much more than a lot of the other celebrities. I mean, Drew Carey, I mean Jesus Christ, the the fridge. I mean, I don't know, I would have put Zeus in there for, for sure. But he uh, only in one battle royal. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Dusty yeah. aka Dale Wolf was a great enhancement guy too, and was good in world class. So he he's been everywhere.
0: He brought up the point that they actually created another pay per view for Zeus for that cage match too. So it was like, he was so over that another pay-per-view was created just for him. And he did main event uh, SummerSlam 89, as well as the Survivor Series. I believe there was talk of him also headlining WrestleMania six, but according to what Zeus said, the money just wasn't there for him and he was making a lot in Hollywood. So that's why there was never really a blow off because you think that, they would have at least had a blow-off match with him and hogan but they never did it was always tag team stuff
1: wasn't it no hold Barred the match and no holds barred the movie they had that their uh their one-on-one match
0: no it was the uh, beefcake and hogan against zeus and macho man in the cage they did have the one-on-one match in the movie yes you're right yeah you're right right Yep. Right. I don't don't know if Zeus, he may have had some enhancement matches. I don't even know if he ever had a one-on-one match other than with Abdullah, your buddy there. Um, But you should ask Abdullah actually about that match with Zeus if he remembers
1: it. True. James Cullen saying Papa Shango, who I've interviewed for. Have you interviewed him? I feel like you did.
0: I did. I interviewed him at Cheetahs in Las Vegas where he works where uh, everyone was asking why he was so happy. He smoked a joint before he did the interview and took a shot of whiskey. Nice. himself in the mood. Uh, He seems like a very happy guy. Some people might find this strange, but Papa Shango was actually my favorite character that he played.
1: Over the Godfather.
0: Yes. I remember when they brought him back as Kama, there had been rumors that he was... I don't know if you heard this or remember it from back then but there was rumors that he was going to be the guy that put the spell on bob Backlund to make Backlund go crazy and they were going to do an angle yeah. like that yep. and yep. i remember reading about that in the newspaper because there was a column that talked about the behind the scenes a little bit and i was so excited for papa shango to return because he was one of my favorites and lo and behold we got my least favorite version of him, Kama Mustafa.
1: Yep. And right before that, the uh, Supreme Fighting Machine, Kama, yeah. with uh, Undertaker.
0: Yeah, they did. Have, they went around the loop doing casket matches. I think I remember seeing them uh, on a house show in a casket match. Feuded with him as Shango
1: and as Kama. Yep. And he burnt the, the urn. He made a, a necklace out of gold out of the urn. I interviewed why I forget why
0: his name is uh, leaving me right now, but the Candyman from Memphis uh, recently. And he said they took the pimp idea from him. I can look up because I know he messaged me recently why his name is not getting into my head right now.
1: Ray Candy, the Candyman?
0: No, he had a pimp gimmick. Uh, where it's going to cut. I'm going to see his email here. Reggie B fine with a P. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was, I believe he actually is telling the truth there that he was the very first pimp in wrestling. And he says he was a real pimp.
1: Oh, wow. I, I remember him pretty well. Yeah. Reggie B fine. I'll uh, address something
0: with you right now, because mm-hmm. I had a lot of fans comment on it and I didn't address it on camera yet. But there was a video of someone talking about Mel Phillips the other day, an encounter he had with Mel Phillips uh, when he was a child, That a guy I interviewed that is an old Canadian wrestling announcer, and he went on to be a, a successful voice actor. He played a lot of famous voices over the years. But he was telling me a story that Mel Phillips tried to uh, befriend him, I guess you could say, when he was a young boy, And his mother kind of put a stop to it before it went any further. But a bunch of people in the comments, and some people even messaged me about this. Oh, Terry Funk sure taught Mel Phillips a lesson. That was not a work. That was a shoot. Uh, No, guys, I hate to disappoint you, but I actually went back and rewatched it. And the, the incident with Terry Funk and Mel Phillips, I believe, was just designed to get funk over more before his Hulk Hogan feud. Uh I don't know if you remember it, John but
1: it didn't seem yeah, like a shoot. Seems like a work to me. It doesn't seem like a shoot. Philip like if you're le-
0: if you're legitimately getting pit- kicked you're not going to be like begging off to the sky. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you're going to get the hell out of the ring. <laughs> yep. Terry I- Funk making his uh SWE yes. debut February 27th. And could you think of a better matchmaking team than Teddy Long, the taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, Terry Funk now on the matchmaking team, and James Beard, the uh, the referee, the only referee to my knowledge that would actually be flown over to Japan. And he uh, worked closely over the years with guys like Bruiser Brody and the Von Erics. So, really great old school matchmaking team they have there.
1: That is awesome. And I'm sure Kevin had a talk, Terry Funk, into doing it, but that's awesome that Funk is kind of coming back again after I thought he did his last show. That's awesome. Lucky for those fans down there in Texas.
0: Yeah, and it's supposedly it's going to be ongoing. So I, I really hope. And I've as I was talking to Kevin last night, actually, if you really look at the star power that SWE Fury has – and compare it to uh, ring of honor mlw and nwa they actually have more stars now if you actually look at their regular wrestlers than any of those three companies and swe isn't in those conversations yet but they should be they're on tv in over 33 million homes Um, starting today they started posting their new tv episodes on the swe fury youtube channel so i suggest fans subscribe to there i'm doing interviews for there too and there's an swe fury app that people can get now as well so i think uh if the if covid ever ends it's kind of putting a little bit of a halt on their growth because they can't have as big crowds that they that they really need to help profit considering all these stars that are coming in but if if covid goes away and they can fight through covid which they've been doing um, I think there can be a lot of potential with them.
1: Yeah, they always bring in big names. Charlie Haas is there. Lance Archer is there. Mark Henry shows up all the time. I mean, so they're definitely bringing names. Obviously, T- Kevin Sullivan, Terry Funk, Charles Taylor, Guerrero. Yep,
0: uh, Miranda the Blood De- Hunter, Lacey. Yeah, Blood. Who can forget the Blood Hunter now managed by Selena De La Renta in uh, in SWE Fury? So we're seeing some crossover. Just incredible, your buddy is yep. wrestling him on the next uh, event. So why not plug uh, that event, actually, February 6th in Irving, Texas, but let's plug the podcast you do with Credible. At least maybe there won't be any after that match with the Blood Hunter. <laughs> but I saw Credible's promo, and, and he says he's going into that to show he can still go,
1: so it'll be interesting. I was just talking about that on Pro Wrestling 101 over on the Realm Network, a part of Vince Russo's The Brand. He was just saying that he's really taking this very seriously. He hasn't taken a match seriously really hasn't had a real match, he said, in a a while, but this is the first one he's actually taken seriously in years. So he's really kind of pumped and excited, and he seems to me could call me crazy, but he might be a little scared too. So it's going to be an interesting one. And you know, when he gets scared, you get back in that corner, he might just go crazy. So uh, I I've think the be-
0: MMA fighters say when the fear goes, it really can actually diminish your fighting ability. And you actually can fight better with that fear.
1: Yes. Yep. For sure.
0: Lots of, lots of great talents, uh, including Tim Storm, former NWA champion, Crimson, and Jax Dane. Jax Dane, everyone forgets, but he was also a former NWA champion and Rodney Max, the TV champion there right now. So great, great stuff. And all of their uh, female wrestlers seem to be being used on AEW Dark in recent months. So
1: Yeah, they got a pretty good women's division. Really good. Christy James is good. Yeah. Uh, The Bird Vixen is good. There's another girl too. I forget her name. Is it, oh, uh Maddie Renkowski's good. I got a bunch of bunch of good good wrestlers. Bunch of good female wrestlers for sure.
0: There's a young one too and her name is
1: uh slipping me right now. Jasmine Allure, I feel like. Yes,
0: Jasmine Allure. She's only been wrestling a year.
1: Oh, that's it. She's pretty good then. I mean really good for that.
0: She's feisty. I I like her attitude as far as she's not intimidated b- being Green, but she also wrestles like she's not green. And maybe that has to do with Jazz is actually head of their
1: women's division now. So That's definitely why they're advanced for how young they are, because she's definitely helping them along.
0: They picked up Melina too. How could I forget? She's going to be at the February 27th event. And there was all this talk last year that Melina was getting re-signed by WWE. I don't know what happened there, but... I feel bad that that didn't happen because I've interviewed her a few times and she was one of my favorites. So maybe she'll prove herself again in, in SWE.
1: And even going to be around. She must be in good standing. She was on Raw last week for the Legends. She was considered a legend, but she must be in good standing that she was invited to the show. I'm just thinking maybe hopefully something happens there. Uh, Speaking
0: of, uh, of kayfabe, I don't know what you thought of this, but there was a picture out there. Uh, the the manager of AJ Styles, that tall guy, was somehow in a backstage picture with all the legends, and it's like, are you not supposed to be a heel? And why are you in this picture? I don't even think you're trained fully, that which is why he's not getting matches. And he's just thrown in the picture, smiling, all happy with all the legends. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I thought that was funny, too. I was like, okay, I guess kayfabe is like a completely dead for this guy. Yeah, Amos. He was uh, yeah. we was with Mark Henry and all those guys. That was funny. I was like, I guess he doesn't care. Um, just going to touch on this real quickly. Just wondering, from Tony Del Monte, just wondering, any chance of Sabu maybe in AEW? I don't see Tony Khan being a, a Sabu guy.
0: For some, well, I know that he's had his problems in the past, but I know a lot of companies have a lot of heat with Sabu and people hold uh, his past reputation against him, even though I think now that he's with Super Genie, Melissa Coates, who recently had her leg amputated. I was sorry to hear that. Speaking of amputations, there's been a lot of them in wrestling lately. That Ring of Honor, ex-wrestler too, uh, which we can talk about after. But I believe Melissa actually really helped him uh clean himself up and he wrestled the blood hunter in pcw ultra last year and i they gave me that match to put on my channel along with a lot of other pcw ultra matches and it looked like sabu would still go to me from that match
1: i like him and, and i've dealt with him a few times i've helped I get him a booking with somebody and I've booked him myself and I've done an interview with him and he's been nothing but great to me. Um, I've seen him uh, backstage at a show when I was with Shane Douglas. He was awesome to Shane. He was awesome to the boys. So I got nothing but uh, good things to say, but I just have a feeling that Tony Khan, I know he just wouldn't jive with, uh, with uh, Sabu.
0: I agree. And the the other thing I'll, I'll ask you about now, I did do that interview with Rob Van Dam this year, speaking of Sabu, because They're good buddies. They trained together at the Sheik's House. The original Sheik, not the Iron Sheik. But Rob Van Dam actually got mad at me when I mentioned he was a former Impact wrestler because it had been announced three or four weeks earlier that he had parted ways and he had said no, I've not parted ways with Impact and where do you get your information from? It was kind of an awkward moment Hmm. but
1: I don't believe he's appeared for them. Has he? No, he's gone. Yeah, he's been gone. Yeah, that's kind of weird that he would kind of fight against it. Maybe he was still on a uh, TV show and they didn't want to uh, reveal it. Maybe I don't. Know. That's weird. That's no, he, like I've been.
0: I know you keep track
1: better than me, but I yeah. No, kind of he's gone looking yeah.
0: up for it because it was like, okay, he got so mad at me. Other than that, it was a great interview, and I every time I met him before, it seemed like we were on good terms. So I was just wondering why he was getting a little bit uh, cranky with me on that. And it turns out, I don't know, maybe he'll surprise us, but I really don't want to see him in impact to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I would, as much as I'm not an AEW fan, I think he would do much better there, but whatever it's, he saved his money. Well, and he, he did well for himself. So yep. I hope we haven't seen the last of them. I'd like to see him in PCW Ultra if they get going again. I know he was uh, a former PCW Ultra champion.
1: Yeah, I feel like he's still got a little bit of life left in him for sure, and he's got a huge name value. So he would help anybody out. PCW Ultra, AEW, he'd be nice for, because they need some more star power of guys that can actually wrestle. So that would be nice. Uh, Pliss Strong said, I love watching Hannibal TV every day and promoting them on social media. Boss, you are awesome
0: thank mr. you i appreciate your uh, your shares of our stuff on twitter
1: mr arroyo again what happened to the 2020 hall of fame class they're actually looking for a physical venue they i guess they don't want to just kind of throw that away you had batista you had the nwo in there so it's like they need to do a physical um ceremony for these guys because they could make money off of it so i think that's what they're doing or what they're looking for i don't think they're going to have a 2021 class per se because they still have to honor 2020
0: That is what I have read as well. And I do know that I understand they're planning on doing it at the WrestleMania weekend this year. If the situation is better by then, who knows? But I understand Harry, the British Bulldog Smith, Davy Boy Smith Jr., who's the the Hannibal TV champion of Great North Wrestling, is supposed to be inducting his father uh, into the WWE Hall of Fame. And they have been recording some stuff with him, but for whatever reason, doesn't look like they've officially scooped him up yet, which kind of baffles me.
1: That is a weird one. As soon as I heard he's a free agent, I thought they would announce that they signed him. So I'm kind of waiting for them to officially sign him. That that's uh that's a weird one. What about Paul London? He was awesome in WB. I've interviewed him before. He's awesome. Rick, I know his buddies with him, says he's one of his favorite people of all time, one of the nicest guys. So he absolutely loves Paul London. Have
0: you ever interviewed Paul? That actually reminds me because I believe in one of the podcasts that you and I and Rick did, Rick did say I believe he was gonna hook me up because I wanted the Mordecai story.
1: Yes, oh
0: yeah. So maybe I should remind Rick because I would like to interview Paul. Maybe it was the good guys podcast. I think uh it's yes. so funny, by the way. i got to bring this up. For that podcast that Rick wanted to do about the good guys in wrestling because he had so much heat in <laughs> his other podcasts, the clip of him taught, like, he he gave another clarification of his Ultimate Warrior story in that podcast, and the clip of him giving his clarification ended up getting, like, Five times as many hits as the podcast, and that was the one clip that he got a ton more heat off of. So his plan backfired, and I don't yep. think he's done another one since, uh, yeah. probably due to those reasons, other than his own podcast. But one of the, not one of the ones where he's talked about uh, specific topics because they seem to always backfire, no matter what his intentions are. And uh, I'll tell you guys, he he is a good guy. He he does work with Pitbull Rescue. Uh, he's helped both John and I get a lot of interviews. So I know some of our fans probably don't like him for whatever reason, but he does help get content. And in my personal dealings with him, he's been a great friend to me. So there's other sides. I know I know you guys that are Ultimate Warrior fans kind of don't like him. And you're entitled to that, but there are there is good things about him, and of course, the cornet fans hate him.
1: Yes, that <laughs> is that is for sure. And when he kind of alluded to the fact that maybe he could beat up Paul Ondorf, I know a lot of people got pissed because, and I even said this to him. I said, "Rick Ondorf." Probably now he would still kill you, or you know, he, he, Orndorff is, is a killer. This guy beat the crap out of Vader easily, and Sullivan said, and, and you know, Kevin Sullivan's nuts. He said I would never fight Orndorff in a million years. I said why? It would just be like a good scrap. He goes now. He goes you don't fight guys like that. He goes they literally do not care if they lose, and he goes and he's not going to lose either. So he's just going to go nuts. He's like it's like Haku. You just don't fight the guy. There's no like sense in it.
0: Charlie Haas strikes me as someone like that yes like if let's say if I were to fight him it'd be fairly even if I won I would still not win nobody would win yes Uh, it would just there would be too much damage you wouldn't get out of something like that with no damage and I'll just address it again for the people that I had an interview that has like well over 100,000 hits with Charlie Haas and people think because he lost weight that he's on something no he's just got back into amateur wrestling so he's actually more dangerous than ever and he's doing great in in pcw ultra and i would i would consider him one of the toughest in today's wrestling and john mentions haku he's another guy that belongs in the hall of fame we've had our differences but uh, he's got to be the toughest of all time and there's people that when you're around him, you can they have the aura of toughness and haku's one of them and you can see the bone structure in his hands and the thickness of his jaw and the thickness of his head yep
1: and you know this guy can can take punishment yep and it's funny i interviewed him a while back it was actually to promote his appearance at pcw ultra so it's pretty cool little tie in there but he said the Steiner brothers were tougher than him. Like, and I was like, mm, they kind of alluded to the fact that you could kick their ass, maybe, or would be even or something. I go, and I go, What about the barbarian? He goes, oh, barbarian would beat me up. So I asked Barbarian. Uh-huh. Barbarian said no way. And that the Steiner brothers and him would all lose to Haku. So I think another good thing is he's very humble too. He doesn't like outright say kill people, which makes me think that he would kill everybody.
0: I would I would put him above the Steiners. Just because his striking is better and he has good balance from Sumo, yeah. yep. uh, I would put him above for that reason. And also, I've been around him in Barbarian. For, and Barbarian definitely is a tough guy, but Haku has more of a badass vibe to him. <laughs>
1: yeah oh yeah he's definitely scary. barbarians actually like really like friendly like when you when you talk to him haku you still get that sense like oh something he could snap or something you get scared uh when is jack swagger's next fight i haven't heard anything i know he's three and obviously controversially three and for bellator i yeah. haven't heard about a next fight yet i know on aew he just lost to wardlow who's got a ton of potential um i don't know if they've been booking him correctly but he's got a ton of potential there um hopefully we'll see swagger get a little bit more striking in his next fight. I feel like that was the thing that was lacking when he couldn't get the takedown, his striking wasn't there.
0: He's lucky that that fight didn't go another round because that guy had him. But I think the judging wasn't fully fair on that. And if you, if the way I judge a fight, me personally is how do each of them look after and, swagger's face was all screwed up he was huffing and puffing sitting on the chair his opponent who i actually interviewed had his hands up was saying let's go another round right now had very little damage so i honestly don't know if swagger would even fight again because he's had uh what four fights now three fights
1: Four? Like, yeah, three zero oh, and one yeah
0: yeah, the one before this last one, he gave the guy three low blows. And that guy was supposed to be a kind of tomato can. And this guy was also, and it was this guy I interviewed, he had very short notice for the fight. Swagger had known for a long time. So it was like they wanted someone that he could beat. And again, he had that issue. And I'm not saying Swagger's not tough. He's very tough. And we all saw they gave CM Punk a tomato can. His second fight in the tomato can embarrassed uh, CM Punk. So Swagger did still have good showings. But that last one, it really could have gone the other way too, depending on judges. And he has an AEW job. And I've seen the purses for Bellator. They're not that big. And he was on the preliminary card. So I doubt he was making a fortune. I don't know if he would want to risk his reputation by possibly losing a by losing a fight and having a blemish on his record. That's yep. just my thoughts on it. He could just he has a nice contract. Wrestling's a lot easier, a lot less stressful. Uh, but we'll see. If he's offered a lot of money, that might be different. But I don't think he'll take a hundred thousand dollar fight. Um, again, that's just my thoughts on it. Ed but even Kelly. Harry Smith, uh, he he talked to me about that, and Harry trained with Swagger. He said the other guy won that fight. He said, I don't know what happened to Swagger. I don't know why he didn't go for more takedowns, but in, in Harry's judging, too, he's, he said the same thing.
1: Wow, okay. Ed Kelly, what's up, guys? Watching with... My son, can you guys give little Eddie a shout out? What's up, little Eddie? I am trying to get back into wrestling again and get my kids into it. What's a good promotion that we can get into? That is a great question for you, Hannibal.
0: Well, I got I'm biased towards SWE Fury because I'm an interview for them. I'm an interviewer, sorry, for them, but I would say SWE Fury because it is family-friendly content and it's good old fashioned Texas wrestling hard-hitting and as we talked earlier the people putting the matches together are the very man that's on your shirt the taskmaster himself kevin sullivan former wcw head booker when they were kicking wwe's butts yep terry funk is a genius when it comes to to matches and the behind the scenes stuff so as much as i've had my issues with him I think I'm very excited actually to see what Terry Funk's going to come up with as far as ideas for that company.
1: Yeah, it should be interesting. Just saw a comment here, just kind of scrolling through. It said, oh, here it is. Uh, about Car- Well, before Carl's Jr., superstar Billy Grandberger, but here, Bon Louis, Dan Severin over Haku and Swagger. Severin is a badass and a trained fighter and has over 100 career wins. Uh, he is definitely a guy. I was talking more wrestlers, pro wrestlers. Um, obviously, Severin was a pro wrestler before MMA, but I don't know. I was, wasn't thinking guy with that much experience. But, hey, Severin would, uh, in his prime, probably do a ton of damage over a lot of people. The
0: striking uh, of Severin is not what Haku's striking is. And I know Severn and Haku, and I know Severn doesn't have quite the mean streak Haku is. Maybe in an MMA cage under MMA rules, I might give that one to Severn. But Haku's where he's in a situation where he's legitimately bit a guy's nose off and got <laughs> over it and had to pay a lot of money for it. Uh, he didn't make the guy lose the eye, but he actually popped an eye out of a socket of another guy. He's not fighting under the marquee of uh, Queensberry rules. So maybe in an MMA match, I think Severn using his tactics uh, from amateur wrestling might be able to to do better than in a street fight where anything goes uh, with Haku, where he's le- he seems to have a legitimate crazy side, yes. where Dan Severn, to me, is not... He obviously has a wild side, but he's not out of his mind crazy like... Uh, cuckoo
1: gets. jim varsalone said hager did it. Uh, excuse me hager did enough to win the fight he won rounds one and three hager did more and that's why he looked tired by the end his opponent won the second round for sure but did not do enough to win the whole fight interesting interesting take by james
0: as i said i go by what they look like after so I that's what I go by in high school when I would get into fights we wouldn't say well you won the majority of it but this guy's got stitches and his nose is twisted sideways and is all puffy they would say this guy got his ass kicked
1: that was like when johnny hendrix fought uh gsp and gsp literally looked like an alien from another country like his face was just completely rearranged and hendrix looks like he didn't get touched and he's like how did i lose
0: (laughs) you just retired
1: uh, yes. Yes. yeah, Literally. And then he, he thought he lost. He admitted he lost at the fight, thought he lost. And then, you know, Dana White goes, no, oh, you won, you know, blah, blah. blah. And then he kind of went back and retracted that he, that he lost. But that was basically when he retired because he couldn't hang anymore. And then Dana White kind of admitted, he goes, these guys are killers now. I don't know if GSP wants to fight these guys. So that was basically why he retired before, this, before coming GSP back. He'll
0: come back, even though he said he's retired a million times. Because it's every time he's interviewed, he always hints at the potential of coming back. I think it's just a matter of the right fight and the right money. But I do believe, as you said, one of the reasons he retired after that is because a lot of people believed he lost the fight. Even people in Quebec.
1: Yep.
0: And I trained in the same wrestling room as GSP. I trained also at TriStar where he was. So I actually, I actually love uh, GSP. So I kind of stood up for him. But it's like the swagger fight. A lot of people will say the other guy won.
1: Were you disappointed in Rory McDonald and Bellator? I feel like he really kind of got—I don't know if exposed or they put bad matches, but man, he got wrecked. Uh, Musasi embarrassed. That was one of the most lopsided, uh, you know, big, big fights uh, I've ever seen. Musasi just destroyed him. And Lima, I thought I did enough to win the first one, but kind of gassed out. The second fight, he destroyed him. Were you kind of—I don't know—were you thinking McDonald was a flop in Bellator?
0: I think, unfortunately, he never uh, reached the predictions people had for him of being the next uh, George St. Pierre. But I actually had the opportunity to grapple with uh, Rory McDonald when I was training at TriStar and also do uh, takedown training with him. And he's, he's good. So, yeah, I was disappointed to hear about that because I was very honored that A couple of times I got to roll around with him and he was great. He was definitely great. And I was, as I said, it was amazing grappling with him and yeah, I don't know, bad, bad matches. And he also stopped training at TriStar and didn't he start training somewhere else? So that may have had something to do with it too. I think he started training in BC where he was from. I remember seeing a video related to that and then maybe he even changed again. But coaching has a lot to do with it. And and uh, sparring partners also have a lot to do
1: with it. Um, so, yeah. It was just surprising to me that he did not have a good run with Beltor at all. Uh, the Fitch fight was terrible. I mean, he he was not uh, his normal self in, in Beltor for sure. A, I guess it's A-I-O-K-L, I guess. Uh, Southwest... Fury is recognizable as pro wrestling. I dig it. I really like uh, Fury as well. I think it's great. Then he came back and said Dan Severn MMA rules, headbutts on the grounds. it'd be a fun fight him versus Haku. I agree.
0: Even in the, you know what, that would be I know Haku
1: would do it. Severn
0: probably would cuz Severn loves buddy. But even today, <laughs> that fight actually might draw more than anything in UFC other than Conor McGregor and John Jones. Yep. People would love to see that, but no commission would. uh, I don't know if any American MMA commission would allow that.
1: Maybe Alabama, Mister Thump. Great point here. Robbie Lawler took Rory's soul, Uh, possibly. That can happen too. That can
0: happen. Like when when you've been beaten bad, it's hard to overcome that. That's the problem with MMA. Why wrestling's
1: easier. Yeah, Yeah, Lawler, that fight, that was brutal. Oh, man. It was going along okay, and then he just completely just knocked his ass out. But Ed from Queens, who would win, Bob Backlund or Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff?
0: Orndorff would fight Dirty. Backlund was a better amateur wrestler. That would be an interesting one. Backlund would have had better cardio, so I'll have to go with Backlund.
1: I would just go, if there's no rules, I would just go Orndorff because I think he would try to poke his eyes out or grab his balls or something. Right. Or bite him or something. Yeah, I would just go Orndorff because if there's no rules, I'd go Orndorff because I think he would cheat. Uh, Backlund, if it was straight up, you know, without being able to cheat, I think Backlund would do it.
0: And you got to think back to this, uh, this whole Tony Atlas story with – with Atlas and Mr. Wonderful if you listen to Brian Blair's version of it wonderful was winning and bit atlas's ear but if you listen to atlas's version atlas was winning and that's when mr wonderful bit his ear which actually makes sense because if you're winning a fight why would you bite someone's ear off just You just want to fucking eat him?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that
0: makes no sense at all. Because if you're already pounding him, you're just going to keep pounding him. You wouldn't just go, ah. So I don't know. If if Tony could out-wrestle Mr. Wonderful, I'm, I'm certain Backland can. But there, they're, as you said it, if he's going to resort to biting, which I can't see Mr. Backland doing, that takes it to another level. But Backland had conditioning. So how... If it depends how much of a technical match it is, if Backlin wants to like wait till Orndorf is tired, delay it a little bit, or if it just gets right into it right away. That would have been an interesting one. Now, no doubt Backlin would win because sadly Mr. Wonderful is suffering from dementia and it's really sad. Um, yeah. but I did get what I could out of the shoot interview I did with them. And people ask why I did it with him in these states because his friend, Brian Blair said, you got to do it now because it's not getting any better. And you know what? It was my pleasure to give him a payday and spend some time with him. And I think the fans still appreciated that I went in there and I tried to do the best I could considering his mental
1: health these days. Yeah, very, very sad to see on Orndorff, who is such a big star. And him and Hogan drew so much money. It was such a money feud in the mid-'80s for sure. Tony Del Monte, who would win in a triple threat? Kurt Angle, Billy Robinson, or Zach Sabre Jr.? Well, that one I would have to go with Kurt Angle. See, Zach Saber, I love him. I think he's a great technician, but I just I don't think he could hang. He's too too small, I think, or not maybe not strong enough to hang with those two. So you gotta give it up to Angle or Billy Robinson. I'd probably go angle too. He's a monster, he's a machine. And you got him coming up. I got him coming up for an interview, which is very
0: cool. April 14th for me, and I think you got him in March. March 5th, yes. There you go. So fans, look forward to that. I was shocked actually. I knew Kurt Angle was popular. But when I announced it, I was just flooded with people coming to me with question suggestions for that one. I think it's going to be one of my biggest hit interviews.
1: He told me that he's got over 300 requests. And then he said, how do you figure out which ones to do, which ones not to do? He goes, I don't have that much time. So I'm glad he picked mine. I'm glad he picked yours for sure. Yeah. Uh, Ken Patera, well, Radio Radio asked why when uh, Ken Patera was asked about the McDonald's incident, he wouldn't talk about it.
0: He did talk about it to me. If you look, search Ken Patera, the Hannibal TV McDonald's incident, you could get his version of it, which he denies throwing the rock. And just to clarify that whole situation, if, If they had just been nice to the police and cooperated, they probably could have got off on that with just a slap on the wrist. But the unfortunate thing was when the police came to the hotel room, they got into it with the police, and I believe a woman officer ended up getting seriously injured. So it wasn't just about two years in prison for throwing a rock through a window. It was about the the police incident after. And I've learned myself that if you're just nice to the cops, half the time, more than half the time, they'll let you off. And I know this from many of the altercations I got into in bouncing. Just be polite and apologize. And they don't want to go through the paperwork half the time.
1: Yep, for for sure. Jim says Billy Robinson was on another level, skill technique, British style, and could handle... His own in a fight that's for sure i've heard many stories about his toughness and of all, all the guys he trained i mean he trained a bunch of tough guys and really i mean really really like the cream of the crop creme of the, creme of the creme of the creme of tough guys for sure billy robinson there's no doubt but he uh, was
0: olympic gold
1: medalist that not is not true
0: that he wasn't skilled but also if you look at kurt angle he was more of a physical specimen with probably better wrestling skill overall. So that's why I would make that pick. And there is some fights on record that Robinson lost. I'm not saying Robinson wasn't skilled,
1: but I just can't see him beating Kurt Angle if they're both in their primes. Look at this from Plistrong, your your buddy. If Kurt Angle versus Daniel Pewter actually happened, who would win?
0: I don't know about you, John, but that was the stupidest thing WWE ever did was not at least have one match. Yep. Al Snow, I don't agree with the answer he gave me on that, saying they wouldn't have done anything. It would have popped a rating, and you went. You did, you did pay Pewter at least $250 out of that million-dollar contract. Yep. Give the match and at least put Kurt Angle over like you did with Cain Velasquez beating Brock Lesnar. At least the fans would remember that. Um, It just seems like that whole thing, maybe it was because sour grapes on Kurt Angle's part. I don't know, but fans, how many years ago was that? 15 years ago now, and people are still talking about it. So if you look, I I actually asked Pewter about it, and I just did that interview last year, and it has huge hits, which means that people are still searching the incident up.
1: I feel like he should have been given some warning too. Like, I guess they didn't know Pewter's background. Like, I don't know, maybe give Kurt the heads up. Like, hey, when you take this guy down, you know, he he could be dangerous. I don't know, give him some sort of heads up because Pewter actually, you know, he's a trained fighter. He actually knows what he's doing. And Angle probably had no clue.
0: There was – apparently Kurt got carried away there too. Mm-hmm. There was, I forget the story offhand, but he was not supposed to fight face so many of them. And he just got carried away, like, give me another one, give me another one. And, yeah, he didn't really think about the possibility that one of them could actually know what they were doing.
1: Yes. I'm from Australia. I wanted to ask you, Hannibal, in your opinion, who is the greatest Australian wrestler?
0: Well, since I only really know one Outback Jack, I'll have to go (laughs) with Outback
1: Jack. I was going to say that, too. Uh, radio radio said, Did Danny uh, Lanny Papo really slap him? I'm trying to remember back to yes, what we were talking I about did, with uh, yeah. Lanny. Was it Patera? Did he really slap Patera? I
0: think Lanny really slapped me. Oh, yes, really? really but also for Australia, I actually did wrestle someone from Australia once at a Harley race camp. And I would wrestle that guy in Great North Wrestling if the plane ticket wasn't so expensive. Actually, two people. One of them was really good. He was a former pro rugby player. And I think he may have ended up getting booked in Japan. I just can't remember his name. He was really good. And then another guy that we just had good chemistry with. So there are good wrestlers from Australia. But Outback Jack is the most
1: memorable one shane thorn mikey nichols both pretty good uh, actually my sister and her family live out in australia so i know how expensive everything is out there it's nuts everything is like 15 times more money than it is today for us it's i'd like
0: to go there one day i have i've never been
1: my brother went there the flight holy crap I was like that's how much the flight was it's just insane ken patera versus the big oh my
0: god you guys are crazy ken patera
1: would win that I would think so. Oh, this is a good one for you, Hannibal. Will you ever interview Jesse, the body Ventura?
0: I want to, I think John has, but he's my dream interview as many people know to find a credible person. Um, While well, speaking about back Jack, one guy that claimed he also represented Jesse Ventura. I don't know if it was real or not. This guy is the one that got me the outback Jack interview. And he, outback jack later told me that this guy ripped him off so i won't deal with that agent again so if i can find another way to to uh connect with jesse Ventura, i will but right now with with the pain of crossing the border and i know jesse's in mexico for the winters um it's gonna probably hold off till at least the summer but he's on
1: my list Yes. interviewed him. I think it was about five years ago now. He was awesome interview. They literally had to patch him in from Mexico. He was was, quote unquote off the grid, but yeah, he was awesome. And I I know that. that. And that guy that set up that interview, he did hook Ventura up and he does know Jesse. So he does know him, but I would just make sure you talk to Jesse directly and not deal with him. I know a lot of people
0: that uh, that are actually friends with Jesse, so so who knows? I know that guy probably hates me now. I'm not mentioning his name, but as I said, if you rip off a blind guy, you're, you're really a loser in my book.
1: And look at this, Chris Monty. How could we forget Nathan Jones? I've oh, interviewed shit. Nathan Jones. Really? I didn't know that. That's awesome. I was trying to get him on. I couldn't get him. Awesome. How was he? I saw him in person with
0: his wife, and people should look that one up. He was... He was oh, very was like very. Uh, isn't she? She's a little, little girl, and they were very much in love, and he's throwing her around in the interview, picking her up. Uh, he seems like a really nice guy. Didn't seem like he had the best wrestling experience. He claimed his MMA fight in Japan was a work, which is possible. Uh, but, yeah, he's over and done with in wrestling. And I heard that from Harry, who I brought up earlier, he was used a cup on a couple of shows where Nathan Jones was on back in those days even though he was still in high school because I was training with Harry at the time and I remember Harry telling me uh it seemed like a lot of people backstage were legitimately afraid of Nathan Jones because I guess of his reputation for from being a prisoner or whatever but it's funny because when I met him he was a great guy but maybe because people were afraid of him for whatever reason, maybe that had to do with why his time didn't last. And also it seems like he didn't enjoy it that much.
1: Yep, for sure. And he was great in Mad Max. If you go back a couple of years, he, uh, he, you know, he plays one of the villains, one of the lead villains. He was great in that movie. It has such a great look. Just looks like he would just kill somebody. Sophie Marie said, so can we expect you to make an appearance in the Maritime Wrestling anytime soon?
0: Well, here in Canada, I don't know if you're talking about U.S. Maritimes or Canada Maritimes, we're on lockdown, so there's nothing going on, so it has to do with that. But I have had talks about reco- – I have actually a few years ago, I filmed two Grand Prix wrestling events in the Maritimes, and I wrestled Renee Dupree on those events. I'm not wrestling um, anymore, but I would be open to filming – more maritime events in the future because i know we have fans up there and i also know a lot of maritime wrestlers but it's just a matter of it doesn't look like there's going to be much wrestling in canada here until at least the fall due to these heavy
1: restrictions here's a good question or actually not a question a comment just josh jesse would love to talk to you bro is that a fact i wonder if that's a fact if jesse wants to talk to you
0: who knows, but because uh, because of my Billy Graham connection, I know Billy wants me to interview Jesse, too, because he had a few messages he wanted me to pass along to Jesse. I still have those emails that Billy sent me, so whenever I talk to Jesse, I will pass those messages on. Um, hopefully I can get it while Billy's still alive, because I would love to reconnect those two. Because uh, unlike, unlike um, Hogan, Jesse's always said that uh, that Billy Graham was great to him throughout his whole career, and, and he always credited Billy as a big part of his career. Um, so I, I think it'd be great if they could at least have a phone call or something before it's too late. Yeah,
1: early. yep. I must have misquoted Sophie Marie. She said Maritime's Canada and I actually said at some point. So she's not say soon. She just said oh, at some point. Sorry, it didn't mean to get <laughs> on your bad side. Uh Hannibal, of all the guys you've interviewed, who was the nicest and who was the biggest dick?
0: Well, I think I've answered uh, that one before. Hillbilly Jim was the nicest and Hooventoot Guerrero was the biggest dick. With Carlito, He wasn't a dick to me personally, but he was a close second for um, poor answers. toot. I guess, did so-so answers. He danced around a lot of questions. But to physically deal with him and then going under the time of the interview that he was paid for, um, that's why he was a dick. And he was, like, the most arrogant asshole I've ever met
1: um, as far as someone I've shoot-interviewed. Damn. From James, good show, guys. Thank you. Ronaldo Reyes, world-class Sunshine or Iceman King Parsons interview. Both of those would be awesome.
0: I agree. Someone hook us up. Lots of people have asked me for Sunshine. I have no idea how to contact her. But as I get more connected on the Texas wrestling scene, which obviously I'm an interviewer for SW Fury now, I'm going to be going there. At least once a month. I'm going twice in February. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of these rare Texas uh, interviews.
1: Will we ever get a Scott Hall interview?
0: I know Rick Bassman has talked about it for himself. Um, I'm, he seemed like he'd be a hard one to get. And when Rick has talked about it, and I, and I, I don't know why Rick likes doing this, but it's his show. He can do whatever he wants. He likes multiple guests, and he had an idea of having Scott Hall with, like, three other guests, and I was telling Rick, it's going to be hard enough to just get Scott Hall, but to, like, get him and three guests to actually show up at the exact same time, that's going to be a feat that I don't know if it could be pulled off, but I hope he can do it. I really hope he likes these battle royals style interviews, so... But he he's such a big name. You want him by himself because you want to hear what he has to say. Especially since I we had this discussion with Rick about Nash too. Yeah. Um, guys like Hall and Nash, I don't think they've done shoot interviews since the DVD era. So to get a rare find like that, I would agree you'd really want to maximize your time with him. So I hope Rick can pull it off. He knows those guys better than us. So... He might be able to do us a favor, but but I wouldn't count on it with Hall in particular, because I've heard that Hall, uh, I hate to use the word flaky, but he can be like that. And he's made his money and he's got a lot of stuff to do. So to take time to talk to someone like me, I don't know if that's going to happen. I did do a short interview with him, though, in person, which you guys can check out on here, and i it's funny. I like the way that, like, he just, like, cut himself out of the interview and, like, went out of the camera just after, like, three questions. He's like, I gotta go. Yep. <laughs> So he's not the type that wants to actually do interviews really either. I got that impression from him.
1: Yeah, I've I've interviewed him before, but only for about 15 minutes uh, for for a two-man power trip. He was great, but you could tell it was like you knew it was going to be shorter in length. He wasn't going to stay. And I have interviewed Nash before. He was a little bit longer and a little bit more kind of like forthcoming stuff. But Hall definitely is elusive, to say the least.
0: Yeah, I I got an interview with Nash, too, backstage at a wrestling event, unfortunately – Uh, There was music playing in the background, so it wasn't the greatest, but it was better than nothing. Nash is more reliable, and we'll actually try, but he's a big movie star now, and I'm pretty sure he's quite disillusioned with wrestling, and I don't blame him for not really wanting to to talk about wrestling and answer questions that he's answered a lot, but if Rick can pull it off, I think that would be really cool, and I know that they've
1: had communication recently, so. Any chance of a part two with Lex Luger?
0: I think he's mad at me for the first one. Now, when it ended, this has happened a few times. I don't know if this has ever happened with you, John, but they do these interviews and then something they say is taken bad by the fans. And then they kind of hold it against you for something that they said themselves. And And I don't know, he's never answered me about a part two because there was a lot of requests for a part two. So I guess one of my biggest shoot interview regrets was not making that one a three-hour. And I realized that as soon as it finished because I didn't get anywhere near all the questions I wanted to get. But I didn't have the extra money to just say, okay, here's another wad of cash for another hour. Right. But... But yeah, unfortunately, I get the feeling, particularly about the part where he described the Elizabeth situation and Brody situation. If you look at the comments, most of the comments are negative. So I don't know if he got that kind of feedback from the fans as well. Or it could be also a case where he looked at my channel and a lot of people on my channel have said negative stuff about him because he is a change man now, but back in the day... He self admittedly was a different person and didn't treat everyone the best. So maybe he might hold that against me too, that maybe he didn't know my channel when he agreed to it. But now that he knows he may have seen some of those other videos. So for whatever reason, I've tried several times. So to answer your question, no, maybe John will. I know John's interviewed
1: him. Yep. Interviewed him before. I'd love to have him on again. What about a Jim Cornette interview? I'm sure he'll appear with John again. <laughs> I've had him on five times. I've recently called him. I want to get him on for a sixth for sure. And I, to me, I know you don't like him, but he's been awesome to me, but I'll quickly go on to the next one. If someone Brown,
0: wants Amy, uh, a hundred thousand dollars. I'll do it. But that's about <laughs> it. That's the only way I'll do it.
1: Pro wrestling defined. Monty Brown would be a good interview. Haven't seen many with him. Yes. He's rare as hell. He would be an awesome one. I agree. I actually talked to him last year uh, about a booking and stuff, and then he said he didn't really want to do the interview unless he was doing the booking. The booking didn't happen, so he didn't want to do the interview, which I totally understand, but I would love to uh, love uh, to get him on. What well, about this, Maria Davis? How about an interview with the one, two, three Kid this year, if you can?
0: I have been working on it, and been, I know Rick is friends with him. I did have an interview with him the same day I interviewed Scott Hall, and we actually – kind of had an instant friendship, but I took down his phone number wrong. For some reason, the phone number he gave me for himself, I don't know if I typed it wrong or what didn't work. So I know Rick's trying to hook me up. Uh, He didn't have much luck so far, but I understand, I mentioned this earlier, he recently finished his hep C treatment and he's now cured of hep C. And I understand that he said he's gonna get a, a knee operation or some type of operation, then get back into wrestling because he had retired, uh, I guess, due to the hep C, he wanted to get it taken care of. So maybe when he gets back into the game, he's probably going to do interviews. So it's going to happen. Hold the hold tight.
1: Nice. Ronaldo Reyes, again, says Eric Embry, who I've interviewed for It's over two-hour interview. Awesome stuff. I haven't seen uh, Eric Embry do many interviews. I know Steve Austin interviewed him, but I haven't seen him do many. Have you ever had Eric Embry?
0: It's strange. He – I forget when he called me. It was shortly after Steve Austin uh, gave me one of the plugs on the Steve Austin podcast because he said he'd heard about me on that and he'd watched a bunch of my stuff and he wanted to tell me something about the Bruiser Brody situation, but he just wanted to tell it to me over the phone, and then I asked him if he would do an interview – and he said he didn't want to do any video interviews for the immediate future. He said he had a real job and he said he did the Austin one because he had, he had also recently been on the Austin podcast that time. He said he did that one because it was Steve Austin and maybe in the future he would do one with me. He did say he was going to continuously call me and talk to me for whatever reason, which I did find strange and I never did hear from him again after that conversation.
1: Interesting. What would be more valuable to you as a shoot interview, The Rock or Steve Austin? Well,
0: the rock, I think would make more money due to him being arguably the biggest star in the world. I would say eventually I will get a Steve Austin interview. I just might not be famous enough to get it just yet, but I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna happen one day because I am friends with one of his daughters. And he does communicate, he does respond to me when I message him. Um, So he doesn't hate me, but he is working with WWE right now. So WWE, I know, doesn't like me. So I don't know if he'd want to bother. And also, I'm much lower than him still. Maybe if I get more popular, which is happening year after year, maybe when I get more up to his level, he'll agree to it. But because he talks to me, I'm not going to harass him over it. Because maybe he won't. He'll stop answering me if I continuously
1: ask him about it. Yes, uh, to me, uh, I would want Austin over Rock just because I was always a huge uh, Austin fan. But hey, that's just me. Um, have you ever reached out to Tatanka for an interview? Have you ever had him on? I don't like him.
0: I've had oh. bad feelings <laughs> with him both in the ring and as a promoter. So I, I really don't like him. That's my answer. <laughs>
1: I've actually interviewed him and surprisingly, I thought he was great. It was weird. It was like, he gave me like almost like a time frame, and it was like, you got to do it now or we can't do it. I'm like, what What if we do it another time? Nope. It's gotta be this. Like he was very precise and very exact. So I met his needs and then he was really nice. He's really cool. Well, I think it was like 35 minutes. I wasn't like crazy long or anything, but he was cool. He was nice. He gave a couple of really good stories, but I could, I could see what you mean because I had a promoter, friend of mine that I knew they're like, Oh, Tatanka's is harassing me and he's giving me a hard time after I'm booking him. And he didn't like the flight I booked, but he picked the, picked the, uh, he picked the flight. So he's I know, I've, I've cool.
0: as a promoter, which is why you don't hear him booked as regularly on the indie scenes. Also as a wrestler, when I'd wrestle him, he was farting in the ring. Both times I wrestled him <laughs> chop in the neck, chop in the nickel he, nipple. He had long uh, fingernails, He's just a terrible person to be in the ring with and arrogant. He puts himself in the same category all the time as like the 80s WWE wrestlers. When actually when he was had his run, it was like the downtime of wrestling. So I don't like that he acts like he's in the same category as the guys from the 80s. Um, but Whatever. Uh, Yes, I will not interview him unless someone, again, if people, I'm a businessman, if someone wants to pay me a large fee to interview him, I would, but I'm not, I don't ever want to deal with him again because his last business dealings with me completely turned me off of him as a person and I'd actually never want to see him again. He's one of those people I just never, ever want to see again in my life.
1: Vince McVan. Says Tatanka was great, so he obviously does not agree with you. Um, <laughs> well, have you been in the ring with them? <laughs> it Mike, <laughs> hey, Mike D, I never liked Tatanka. Uh, Tatanka the farter, that, that's a good one. Here's another one Tatanka needs depends. You're getting a lot of support out here, I feel like it's like a two to one ratio. You're getting a lot of support. Uh, somebody here a oh, plus strong I'd rather watch straight up Steve Austin than Ms and Mrs
0: I haven't seen either so I can't really comment but I'm uh, I'm obviously a Steve Austin fan so I'll agree with you yes although I try and distance myself from current WWE superstars so that's the only reason I wouldn't want to watch straight up with Steve Austin just because I I like to distance my thoughts about current wrestling. Other than the promotions such as SWE Fury, PCW Ultra, Great North Wrestling.
1: I have seen both shows, I will agree. I like straight up Steve Austin better. Uh, Ms. and Mrs. is you know, reality TV, but it's so scripted. It's just I don't know, it's a little cheesy. I mean I love Maurice, but it's a little cheesy. You probably love Maurice as well. I disappeared
0: for a second. I don't know if I'm back yet.
1: Oh yeah, you're back. You are back.
0: Okay. By the way, Ms. and Mrs. often gets higher ratings than NXT.
1: Yes, I've noticed that. Yes, for sure. It usually kind of hovers around a million. So, I mean, it does better than AEW as well. Yeah. Do you think Vince McMahon will ever do a shoot interview? Yes. He's doing a documentary where he will be getting interviewed... I believe Bill Simmons is doing it. So he's definitely going to be doing a shoot style interview for sure. He's doing
0: a a book too. So I'm sure he's going to do lots of interviews around that. Will he ever do one with me again? It depends if I can never become, uh, I, I, I will never become Joe Rogan's level, but if I could get higher up and it will be more of a benefit to him than a, than a personal vendetta to do an interview with me, I'm sure he would do one, but he's 75 now. So who knows how much longer he's going to be around. Jerry Sags interview. Uh, I've, I've interviewed knobs a bunch of times, so I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd want to pay Sags because it's a lot of the same stories. So if it was free, sure. I wouldn't say no, but I do know that I asked Jerry Sags for an interview once at a convention, just a couple minute one. And he said, no. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I was surprised that, uh, that he wouldn't do one with me because andrew anderson who was who i interviewed last night was right beside him and i'm friends with andrew and andrew told jerry hey the edible's a good guy and everyone else it was your convention actually yeah, your yeah. New jersey convention everyone did an interview with me there even billy jack hayes other than i think sags was the only one that said no so I don't have any – I respect it if you don't want to do one for with me for free, but I was a little shocked because I have done them with knobs and I kind of put over the Nasty Boys on my channel, so I thought it was a little strange. He has done a couple for Penzer on my channel mm-hmm. when uh, Penzer has done interviews for me. So,
1: But, yeah, to answer your question,
0: I don't know. I'd, like, love
1: to get, I'd love to get sags too. I've had on knobs. I would love to get sags for, for sure.
0: Probably the same
1: reason. Yep. do you think bruce pritchard is full of shit
0: he exaggerates and has his own spin just like everybody does but i don't i'm not an anti bruce pritchard person
1: who do you guys think will take over debbie when vince dies shane or triple h i think vince is protecting shane by keeping him out of the firing line
0: I don't know what you've heard, John, but I believe it's Triple H and Stephanie that are the next in
1: line to the throne. I'm hearing Stephanie more than Triple H, uh, for sure. Well, yeah. they're married, so... Yeah, they're going to be, yeah. yep. What about Typhoon
0: interview? I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'm sure John may have done one.
1: Yes, yes. I've interviewed, and then I've interviewed this man, Ahmed Johnson. Have you, have you had Ahmed Johnson? I
0: heard your interview with Ahmed Johnson, actually. Nice um i would love to interview him i know he lives in texas maybe houston is it that he said
1: i believe it's houston yep
0: i know people would love to see him and like the last time i i see i i'm not i i'm not saying this to anything against abed but it seems every time i see another picture of him he's gained 100 pounds so he's i really, big, yeah. he gets his weight under control
1: He is great, though, as far as interviews because he doesn't pull punches and he doesn't give a shit, you know, what he has to say. So I feel like he's awesome for shoot interviews because he's not going to lie. He's going to tell you the straight, honest truth, and he'll tell you if if he doesn't like Steve Austin or whatever or uh, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, yeah, I I heard the Jeff Jarrett
0: part. I remember that one. He really hated Jeff Jarrett. (laughs) Yes. But he sounded like a cool guy. And, yeah, since I'm spending time in Texas, maybe not – now, but maybe once this COVID ends and people are more open to in-person interviews, I will work on him.
1: Onita, would you interview Onita? Does he speak English? That's my.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And I'll, I'll be honest, other than the name, I don't know much about him. I don't really
1: follow Japanese wrestling. A deathmatch legend, uh, for sure. Would you interview Eric Bischoff, says Michael Collins? John has,
0: and I reached out once and was told he wasn't doing them. Maybe it's changed now. I don't know. I wouldn't be opposed to it.
1: He's, I think he's doing them again. There was a brief time, but I believe, yeah, I've interviewed him twice. And then uh, he came on with me and Kevin Sullivan, I'd say probably about three months ago or four months ago. Oh, well, you obviously, you know, but yeah. So awesome.
0: if anyone wants to look it up, Eric Bischoff, Kevin
1: Sullivan interview, John was asking most of the questions. It was the first time they've talked like in, in that, um, you know, shoot interview, whatever interview style. That's the first time they've really talked. Uh, I think it was 20 years as far as on camera. So that was the first meeting. So very, very cool stuff. Check it out on Hannibal TV. Check it out on this channel. Who would you rather interview Paul Heyman or Eric Bischoff?
0: Paul Heyman would be more rare, but between the two, I'd rather interview Paul
1: Heyman, but if I had to work with either of them, I'd rather work with Eric I would just say Paul Heyman because I haven't interviewed him yet and he would be an awesome one. I literally have a million and one questions for him, especially after talking to PJ and talking to Shane and talking to Kevin Sullivan. I'd have probably maybe a million and one more questions.
0: I Um, doubt Paul um, Heyman will ever do interviews. I doubt it. He's so busy and he gets paid a lot of money too. Oh, yeah.
1: Tommy Dreamer from Adrian in the UK. Have you ever had on Tommy Dreamer?
0: I have. He was one of my first ones. You just gotta search for it, Tommy Dreamer, the Hannibal TV. You'll also see the match where I kicked his ass and made him submit. He will lie and say he only ever submitted to uh, I forget who it was, someone that died recently. But I I heard him say that, and I think Raven even emailed me and said, "Didn't Tommy Dreamer submit to you?" And I said, "Yes." Oh, I think it was, may have been Kurt Angle. I don't I don't remember, but it was he was on the record. Seeing he only submitted to one person and many fans reached out to me and said, wait a minute. He submitted to you. What the hell's the deal there? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess he forgot about me.
1: Yeah. He definitely forgot about you. How about a Bob Holly interview? Mike D again, Mike. Thank you.
0: Um, I would be open to it. Sure. He's a popular subject. I tried to get one with him a few years ago when he was, uh, in Iowa doing a matchup there, the hall of fame weekend, but they said he wasn't really interested. So who knows? He doesn't seem like a
1: guy that likes to talk a lot. He seems like a very
0: uptight person, but who
1: knows? Welcome back. Also actually the Bob Holly interview. I actually know Bob pretty well. It's funny. He's got like that tough out, out outside exterior and like, man, he doesn't really want to talk, but I was busting his balls enough and he's like, all right, man, let's just do the interview. He goes, you've asked me enough times, let's just do it. So I was lucky enough to get him on, even though at at first he was, like you said, very apprehensive. It was almost like, come on, John, stop bothering me. I'm not doing it. And then finally he like, you know, broke. It's like, all right, let's do it. And he had a lot of good stuff to say. So definitely check that out on the uh, TMPT.
0: He made a lot of money too. Yeah. Check it out on the TMPT podcast, but he was in WWE for so long. I'm sure if he saved his money well, it's like he doesn't want shoot interview pay because they do get you in trouble, by the way. Like, yeah. they do get you in some trouble, which is one of the reasons why Sheldon Benjamin said, No, he wrestled for Great North Wrestling, but he wouldn't even do a five minute interview with me because he knows that I could ask him something that could have prevented him from
1: being rehired. Yes, so. definitely. Would you be interested in interviewing some current New Japan pro wrestling stars? Some have wider international appeal. Perhaps that's from Catherine Dixon again. Thank you, Catherine. I don't really follow the new Japan product to be honest with you. Oh, you need to. It's, Vastly superior than uh, the other stuff that I that I've seen as far as current wrestling, and it's funny they always have better wrestling. No matter they lose Omega, so what? Jay White comes in and he's great. It's, I feel like if you're into like actual sport pro wrestling, you love New Japan, and some of those guys are great to interview. Like Juice Robinson, I feel like he'd be a great interview. Rocky Romero is great. Uh, Bad Luck Fale is great. Tomatonga. There's a couple of really good ones I think that you would probably just, uh, someone do well with
0: tanga haku's son of course he would be on he would be the guy i would interview Uh, i have followed him a little bit and of course i'm sure your haku's
1: son people would love to hear the stories here's a good question for pro wrestling to find out of the wrestlers that have passed away that you didn't interview yet obviously um and you never got the chance to interview who would you like to have interviewed out of those that have passed
0: I was just thinking that about somebody recently and now it slipped my mind uh i don't know why it slipped my mind but there was someone that died recently that i was thinking would have been a great interview to get and it was unfortunate but the name is not coming to me if it comes to me in another few days i'll i'll mention it but there was someone trying to think of the big names that passed this past year but One guy I really wanted to redo was Kamala because he had an air conditioning on in his trailer, which he couldn't turn off because of his health. But unfortunately, the air conditioner sound like kind of ruined the interview in some ways. So that was one of a guy that passed. But uh, Lou Fez. That's a long time ago, but Luthes, I would have liked to interview. And, by the way, my water is going through me, so uh, I think we'll have to wrap this up yeah. soon. But this has been uh, very interesting. And, John, you know what? Maybe I'll run to the bathroom while, well, John, you tell them about your podcast. Sure. The business of Pro Wrestling.
1: Sure. Got a lot of stuff going on as far as the podcasts. You got Taskmaster Talks. Taking Your School with Dr. Tom Pritchard, Pro Wrestling 101 with Justin Credible, Triple Threat Podcast with Shane Douglas, Talking Tough with Rick Bassman, got the two-man power trip of wrestling podcast, got the University of Dutch, got the Business of the Business Podcast with Lavi Margolin. Though, as far as that question, as far as dead wrestlers, I would 100% think of the Macho Man Randy Savage. Would have loved, loved, loved to have interviewed him. Obviously, Ultimate Warrior. Rowdy Roddy Piper I mean there's a bunch of them but Macho Man definitely sticks out above everyone else for sure Also, you can check me out on Vince Russo's The Brand. I got a lot of stuff going on over there as well. Check them out on the Realm Network too. I got a new interview series I'm working on called John Paz Versus. I will be interviewing a lot of different people. Got an interview coming up with Vince Russo himself. Got an interview coming up with Jason Sensation, who is a good friend of Hannibal, and he actually tells a really, really good story on Abdul the Butcher about how Abdul the Butcher basically. Cuts him up pretty damn good in that match. I don't know if you've ever seen that animal Jason sensation versus Abdul, the butcher, Abdul, the butcher cuts him in the head about 14 times.
0: Uh, I have not seen it. I heard about it from Jason, but it's, it's worth listening to great guy, funny guy. And I'm glad that uh, he's not getting arrested for threatening to bomb Ross anymore.
1: <laughs> um, what about Taz says the guardian of chaos
0: Taz, um, Taz. actually, if you look at the video where I explain Taz's version of the uh, RVD situation with Taz, you can see he actually wrote a lot of comment responses in that. Uh, he watches my channel. He does not want to do an interview. Uh, he does talk to me, but he doesn't want to do an interview. Uh, the reason he says is he just doesn't do them.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I, I would love to get him on too. I've talked to him a few times and he just said he wasn't interested in doing any interviews. So.
0: I was shocked though and it's worth you fans going to look at that uh, where I kind of gave Taz's side of that situation and it's I was kind of amazed to see that he's, that he's actually responding to fans and kind of arguing with fans from his uh, account there so it shows that that's still like a, a situation that kind of gets under his skin, and I do believe there's probably his side of the story, and I wish he would tell it to me. Um, I pu- I put out his I put out his side from what I researched, but unfortunately, he doesn't want to go on record and and stir that whole thing back up because obviously, um, that's not something he's very
1: proud of how that whole that whole thing went down. Yep. Uh, Jamie says Mark Lewin needs a shoot. He also sent 369 your way. Uh, Definitely a legend. Definitely needs a shoot. That's a rare guy. Well, he lives
0: in Singapore according to Kevin Sullivan, so that's I'm sure Kevin could hook us up if he ever comes to the U.S.
1: Yep. Michael Collins, great question. I, I just asked Jason this. Does he do impressions of current stars? He does not do impressions. For some reason, he said he just can't do it he said like you know the Hogan's and the legends in the world they like get stuck in his brain and he feels something with the impression like he wants to do it he said these current guys are not lame I guess but boring almost to a certain extent I guess you could say like he's not interested in doing a Seth Rollins just because he does not he's not invested in it like he's invested in doing Owen hard and Brad and like he loves those guys so he just for some reason can't brain to mouth he just can't do current guys and he says just hard to do but I asked him to do Piper on the spot, and like you know, you close your eyes, you think it's literally Piper. So he could still do impressions, just not the current guys.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a funny guy, and it's amazing that he can do that, but I don't blame him for the current. They don't stand out as much uh, character-wise.
1: Yep. Uh Ken Mantell, I'm sorry to skip over that. Uh Ronaldo Reyes, Ken Mantel would be a good one for sure. He was yeah. a booker, obviously, in world class. Yeah. That's actually a
0: good idea. I don't, he's one of those guys who kind of disappeared.
1: Strong. Out, look him up great north wrestling gmail.com. Yes, uh, plus, yes, no problem for following you. Um, anytime, Guardians of Chaos, John, what about Rikishi? I've had Rikishi on. Have you had Rikishi? I have not, I wouldn't be opposed to it. He was very good. I remember he was early because we set up a time and he was early and he stayed late. So I was like, oh, I always appreciate that. It's, it's like a small, stupid thing, but I always appreciate that. And I remember that. And um, it's and funny, he- I'm
0: sure you'll agree with this. A lot of the ones that are late or not on time are the guys that don't quite make it as stars, where the big stars like the Rob Van Dams and the Boss Rutens and the DDPs, they'll yep. be there
1: on time. They have those good uh, habits. Yep, for sure. Uh, I could, oh, my God, just just thinking back about who wasn't on time who it was, you could tell the professional guys. Like, I interviewed Shawn Michaels before. You think Michaels was late? Boom, to the minute he was on time. So it's one of those things that, you know, very, very uh, cool to get that. But you know, like, those are the big professional guys. Jamie Barrios, I like your interviews, Mr. Paz. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Any CCW stars or indie stars from Adrian, the UK, is wondering for you, Hannibal? Well, Lufisto
0: is the current Great North Wrestling Canadian champion. I've had her on, and she used to be a CZW star. I'm not a big proponent of deathmatch wrestling, because I don't think it pays the performers enough, and it's really dangerous to take those kind of risks. So I don't really want to promote that kind of stuff, because I'm against it.
1: Logan McLemore says, Rick Martell, this is one of my top three dream Guys we, to we get that every day. He's dis- I, with the business. I talked to him and I still have the email, uh, not the email, the uh, voicemail from him for four years ago about how he was not, not interested, but I had a great conversation with him after that, but he still wasn't interested. He just doesn't, it was weird. Yeah, you're right. He's just totally not interested.
0: Well, I haven't told you this, but I've told the fans, this every Lanny Poffo is close friends with uh, Rick. And all the way back to when Lanny and I were still getting along, I would message Rick every year and he would say, i not into it this year uh, message me back next year. Maybe I will because he only lives four hours for me. So I was interested not only in an interview, but also um, to use him as a referee or something at a great north wrestling event. And then finally, last year, he messaged me back and he said, sorry, Devin. I'm just not into wrestling anymore. I moved on with my life. I think he said he was into real estate and he said, I don't think I'm ever going to do it. So he said, sorry. One funny story that I don't think I've told you, I've said it on this channel before, but it's worth saying again about how bad promoters TNA are and impact and when I put on the first ever Quebec tour of Canada, I knew Rick Martel was going to be at the show Um, because the promoters of the Collies, Say Pepsi, where we went, told me he had contacted them to put him in touch with uh, Impact because he wanted to do something on the show for free just because he wanted to be part of it, and I guess he didn't really like WWE or whatever, but he was willing to do something with Impact. They said, just as they told me why they didn't want PCO on the show, they didn't really want to get any talent other than Impact talent on the show. So they ended up, they had about twelve or 1,300 fans there, which was good for Impact, but bad for a 22,000-seat arena where, by the way, Martell had fought Flair and had legendary WWE matches there. But in the end, they end up doing something with Rick Martell on the show. He interfered in a Johnny Divine match or something. And it's like you could have had so many more people if you had promoted, he was going to be there and had him involved with publicity only to say you don't want to use him. And then you end up using him anyway. So that's a typical impact decision. And it it still frustrates me to this day, looking back on it, since I was the promoter for that.
1: Yep. Uh, Logan also said Adam Baum. I try Adam bomb at least once a year. He actually uh, like laughed not laughed, but he was like, John, I really admire your persistence. Cause you keep, <laughs> keep asking, but he goes, I'm not interested at the time, but Adam bomb, I would love. Have you ever got Adam bomb?
0: I've had the same thing. Exactly. I think he responded once and then stopped responding. Uh, he was in the news last year being arrested for some fairly serious alleged crime. So yeah, I don't know if this is going to be the time i would like to have van hammer on another guy that was arrested last year but i haven't pulled that one off either
1: i was actually on tap to interview him i talked to him we scheduled it and everything and then obviously that incident happened and never got a return phone call since but i i want to try him again too for sure uh jeff miller says he's got rikishi's info for you so reach out to uh, jeff miller uh, for, for Big Quiche. Welcome back, says Kid Cash. I've had Kid Cash on. I don't know if you have or not. I have not. The Clawmaster, Baron Von Raschke. I would love to get him on. I have not had him on.
0: I've had several interviews with Baron. If oh. If you pick up uh, Baron Von Raschke, the Hannibal TV, search it on YouTube. You'll find a lot. He's a bit of a cranky character
1: if you get him on a bad day. But if you get him on a good day, he'll do it. Michael Collins, who appeared to be the most intelligent person in and out of wrestling that you have ed- ever interviewed?
0: There, I've, in, I've interviewed uh, a former Canadian minister of national defense. I've, in, I've uh, interviewed uh, Nick Pope last week, who was in charge of the British Ministry of Defense UFO office. Uh, both of those guys have to be at the top of the intelligence list. Of people, and I actually think Paul Heller was also the uh, the uh, backup prime minister of Canada at one point in time, and he's b- he's been a member of Parliament for decades. I think he holds one of the records of being one of the longest members of Parliament here in Canada. So, yes, I those those two would be up there. But as I continue to delve into that field, I will be uh, interviewing people from the science and astrophysics world. So uh yeah they'd be up there for sure
1: jack victory terry taylor i've interviewed jack victory i talked to terry taylor he's not allowed to do interviews right now per wwe what about you have you interviewed either one or both of these guys
0: uh well terry's always he always manages to keep a job in, in the office of every company imaginable somehow he's a great politician um So, no, I haven't interviewed him. Jack Victory, I've never met him. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Terry Taylor, I've had good and bad dealings with him. So, I would interview him. I'm sure the last dealing I had with him, he wished me well. But uh, I know that he used to be close with Billy Graham. And at one point uh, in time, after I was cured from hepatitis C, before Jim Ross and Gerald Briscoe recommended me back to WWE because Billy had had such a close relationship in the past with Terry Taylor. He had emailed Terry uh, who, who was a trainer at NXT about, could you get Hannibal uh, looked at by NXT? And Terry sent this extremely rude email back Um and Billy hasn't talked to him since then. Wow, that it was that rude, and it was like, in it was like he didn't know that I had won the whole Abdullah the Butcher lawsuit, and he was like insinuating that I was like some type of charlatan making stuff up. But I won in both Canada and the U.S. But Billy was so offended by it, he said he, he'll never talk to him again. And wow!
1: <laughs> wow! One man gang shoot was epic. Seems like a great guy. Your interview with him was awesome. I interviewed him last year. He is an awesome guy, uh, but yeah, your interview with him was and did awesome numbers for animal TV.
0: It did, and it was very interesting to see. And he's caught, he's stayed in contact with me. He actually watched the the Just Incredible interview on this channel. He likes Just Incredible. Um, I was wanting to interview him for so long, couldn't find his contact information. Then only to find out he actually watches lot of the interviews on this channel so i'm sure there's going to be a part two with them
1: the berserker interview from mike d i've actually had the pleasure of interviewing him and actually reached out to me again about doing another one so i am definitely open to that have you ever had him on he's awesome I listened to your interview with him, and I have to say
0: it's got to be up there with Brutus B. Picks <laughs> interview with me for the most lies told in an interview. <laughs> but, uh, but I would interview him and actually, uh, if you talk to him, I would even do it by phone. Cause I know he's not, uh, technical. If I ever go to Minnesota, I would do it in person. But if you do, if you talk to him again, maybe you could mention, Hey, I got another guy that, uh, he has a lot of fans constantly asking for interviews.
1: Yeah, uh, his son could probably help him with the uh, technical aspect if he's with his son.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, w- I would do that. But, yeah, some of the the stuff he said in yours was the timelines didn't match up. Yes. Stuff. It was just yes. like, there's no way this happened.
1: It's one of those things. It's like I can't really explain to him, but that doesn't really match up. But, hey. Yeah, you know, he's still an awesome interview and, and like a just a nutty oh. guy uh, guardian of chaos X top female talent you would like to interview I know me it would definitely be sunny for sure I never had her on would love to interview her what about you
0: yeah uh well because I know sunny would get so much hits I would say yes she did politely decline to my last uh, interview attempt with her really wow okay but it wouldn't be because I uh, – i want to talk to her because i find her beautiful or anything like that it would be just because she's been such a popular topic on this channel yep that i know people would love to hear from her and i hope she's well although i didn't enjoy when she worked for great north wrestling she was not a not very fun to be around
1: rob conway have you had on rob conway
0: no i'm sure you have though yes you actually
1: had a popular interview on
0: here uh with uh, Lance Von Eric, by the way, that I'll give a plug to now. It's also on your two man power trip podcast, but I wasn't sure what kind of a reaction it would get. But I think it has like 6,000 views on
1: Hannibal TV and it's an audio interview. Nice. Yes. Awesome that it's doing uh, well for you. I love it. Lance, super duper rare interview and i don't think for whatever reason he does video even though i heard he looks great so yeah i don't think he'll do video
0: video. uh he wouldn't do an interview with me so that's why i reached out to you about getting it on there but um the one good point and i did listen to that interview of course the excellent point that he made in that which it, it like set off a light bulb in my head because i just didn't realize it is like the Von Erichs are the ones that exposed that he wasn't a real Von Eric. And it's like, he never really did anything in wrestling after that. And they kind of exposed themselves as frauds when so many people believed in them by their defamatory comments about Lance, when they should have just left it alone and said, yeah, he's injured or he's moved on somewhere else. He's wrestling in Japan, something like that because the internet didn't exist back then. But instead they wanted to expose that he wasn't a real Von Eric after saying for all this time that he was. So it just made it
1: look ridiculous. It looked bad on, on them for sure. Uh, Where's he again? Saying Danny Doring, radio radio says Steve Blackman. Blackman, I've interviewed Doring. Blackman, I would love. That's a rare one. Have you interviewed uh, Steve Blackman? I got some
0: feedback from him, but he was kind of in the Paul Roma category, where the fee that he asked for was just so astronomical for what we make off of interviews and what's what's possible. As my, I'm still going to work on them. Maybe I can get them to do it for, at a more reasonable price, but uh, if someone's asking for a fee that you know is going to be a huge loss, you just can't do it. Although I don't put Blackman in the Paul Roma category. I think Blackman is a great martial artist and had more potential – then uh, he had the opportunity to display.
1: Does Kurgan do interviews? Robert Malay.
0: He did one with Jacques Rougeau for Jacques Rougeau's podcast recently. And I told Jacques, I said, why on earth? And it was a video interview. Did you do that in French? Because he had done some English podcasts because it's like, you're just cutting down the amount of people that are going to watch because most, french people from quebec speak english they would have watched it yep like to do it only in french it was a little strange I and mean, you i don't know i guess maybe that's going to be a lesson same with the george saint pierre he told me he forgot to do the G- gsp one in english and they just went into it in french and i'm like you cut off your market there and i don't know if he's going to re redo his podcast or not i know he said season one is over but i think if he had had uh, English interviews, it would have been more successful
1: 100% uh, for sure. Dale Wilkes, and then he also asked about Duke the Dumpster Joshi. Have you have, I've had on both those guys? I don't know if you have.
0: I have too. There's a very I think I did one of Duke's first interviews, it was an in person one since he re emerged from uh, his bad days, and it was very detailed. Dale, I did an audio one with maybe I would do a video one. Very very nice guy. I actually felt bad for Dale. And I do I am on Dale's side on this for, for Tom Brandy masquerading as the Patriots. Yes. Like that is just a load of crap to me. That that Tom Brandy will come with pictures of Dale and all this and, and dress up like Dale and take bookings as Dale. But Dale Wilkes was the actual patriot. it's, yep. it's crazy. He has, been, I guess. I guess he has to watch himself because he did get himself in prison once for for uh, past issues that he had. But like, if someone, I guess I have that issue because Doctor uh, Luther claims to be the death dealer, even though I'm the death dealer. But but for Dale Wilkes to have to deal with someone saying they were the Patriots, that's just beyond angering. I'd want to kill the person.
1: Guardian KS says, both are great guys. I agree. What about Perry Saturn, Mike S said? Have you ever had on? I never had on Saturn. We're supposed to. Fell through. Didn't work out. Have you ever had on Saturn?
0: He's fell off the radar again. Someone asked Bill Apter about that. Sonny Ono might be able to find him, but I know even Sonny had some trouble tracking him down. He kind of goes through periods where he, like, disappears.
1: Jesse... OG, oh, did you ever have any run-ins or stories with Bruiser Bedlam aka Johnny K-9?
0: Well, he's passed away now and he was the generation a few generations before me. So by the time I got into the business, he had moved on to his his full-time gang related stuff and then then he was in prison for I think attempting to blow up a uh, police precinct here in Canada. But uh, I understand he was quite a character, to say the least.
1: Uh, What about Brooklyn Brawler from Welcome Back?
0: He is another guy that's the the conversation I had with him. He came off as extremely arrogant. And he said he would not do an interview with me because he felt it would affect his book sales.
1: Interesting. Did did you interview him? Yes, I've interviewed him. He was pretty good. He had a pretty good amount of time. I think it was only maybe 35, 45 minutes, something like that. But he was pretty good. He gave me a lot of good stuff, for sure. Yeah, I I talked
0: to him about both coming into Great North Wrestling and doing an interview at the same time. And strangely enough, he had an issue with, like, he said, well, am I going to have to put someone over? Like, I guess he feels that he doesn't want to be, like, be – uh, penciled into that uh, jobber role, so like he he'd, he'd want to win his match and not do an interview. So I'm like, okay, so you want to come in, beat one of my guys, and let me pay you a large amount of money to do this, and then not do an interview with me? Uh, I don't think really that's going to be beneficial to me.
1: Goodbye. I agree. Are there any guys you passed on interviewing? Not that I can recall me neither i've i pretty much say yes to everybody if, if i can i just i mean i'll interview anybody i love doing it i love the the business i've um, had
0: some issues at places like conventions and cauliflower alley club where like i'm really busy and people will say hey you gotta interview this guy and it's like oh god like i've already interviewed so many people and like i'm rushing to have to get back up to do a shoot and i've been in positions where Like I haven't and I've had to rush through them and haven't particularly wanted to do them, but I'll do them out of respect for the person. But I don't think I've ever said anyone willing to do one with me. I don't think I've ever said no. There's some people that want to come back on and on and on and you just don't have the time and they're not going to have the interest to continuously have on that. I've that I've tried to delay or get the message to.
1: If he could be serious for a minute, would you interview Lance Storm? Does that interest you? Definitely interests me. I'm, I'm interested in never had him on before. I would love to. He
0: doesn't want to do one. He, uh, I guess he's got his deal with Wrestling Observer. And it might be the same thing for John that because of his affiliation with them, he doesn't want to do any interviews for anyone but them because he's a regular with for them. So maybe it could be that. He saved his money well. He made a lot of money. So he, again, he also might not want to ruffle feathers because I'm not known for uh, shying away from some of the more controversial questions.
1: Yes. Uh, how about John Tatum and Rod Price? Both I would love to interview. Rod Price is more accessible. John Tatum is a little bit harder to um, get a return phone call from. Uh, that's, that's what I've noticed. <laughs> I've never tried, but I know that John Tatum is elusive. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Nunzio, Skull and Eight aka the Harris Brothers. I'd never had them on, would love to. Nunzio, I've interviewed, it was very, very good.
0: I've tried to get the Harris Brothers, and we could close on this since we hit the two hour mark. Yep. I got to get out there and run. Yep. I would love to get the Harris Brothers because there's a lot of stories involving them. I tried when I was in Nashville because I believe they live in Nashville, and I did not get a response.
1: Man, man, Yeah, you know, two hours, got a lot of viewers. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. It's been awesome stuff. Still have a bunch of good questions on there. Maybe we'll have to do a, a part two. Get get all these other questions out of the way because I see a cool Mount Rushmore question. I see Mike Tenay, who I would love to interview out there. Um, Chuck Palumbo is a bunch of really good. Um, questions out there from, from the viewers. So I think we might have to do a part two and, and finish the uh, the questions because I'm sure there's much, much more that I missed and much more that we can get to. But want to mention you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out my website tmptempire.com for all the pow- uh, podcasts and all the latest on the Two Man Power Trip. Got a lot of interviews coming up, a lot of different shows with Dr. Tom, with Justin Credible, with Shane Douglas, with Kevin Sullivan, with Rick Bassman, with Dutch Mantel. So stick around. You will enjoy that Hannibal. What do you got for plugs?
0: Well, I would just like to say for that uh, interview tomorrow with Chavo Guerrero and Guy Mesger that Rick is doing. Yep. There's going to be questions potentially asked by you fans. Um, I think that's at what? 6 PM Eastern tomorrow. It is at 10 PM Eastern. Oh, 10 PM Eastern. So it's going to be your time fans that are watching now. I suggest, uh, you jump on and ask some questions because we, I think we got this streaming issue sorted out now for uh, getting Rick's interviews live on the Hannibal TV. And of course, as it says right on the screen, right there, I am on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the Hannibal TV. I highly encourage all of you to like the, the Hannibal TV Facebook page. We are streaming our interviews ad free on there right now and putting up classic The Hannibal TV content. So go to Facebook, click that like button on The Hannibal TV. And if you ask me to follow you back on any of the platforms, I will, but only if you DM me, because there's a hell of a lot of spam out there. And We have a Ted CD interview coming up later this week. Renee Michelle coming up Thursday at uh, 3 p.m. Maybe we'll ask why the hell she's with Drake Maverick, that big crybaby. Just kidding. But lots of great content. Even possibly Dutch coming up when he works for Nick uh, later this month. So lots of great interviews coming up. And, John, thanks for doing this test with me. I, I can see the fans
1: appreciated it. So we'll let you close this off. Thank you, everybody for joining us really appreciate everybody tuning in we're gonna have to do part two i think so thank you everybody have a good one see you around folks this has been a john pause power trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling you could follow us on instagram and twitter at two-man power trip you could check us out on facebook you could subscribe on youtube